Hey guys, welcome back to the Attracting Abundance podcast. This is season two, episode 10. So stoked to be here. I'm having a good day. I'm like stacking up the things that I always hear to do is like habit stacking the same thing and like recording podcast episodes or having meetings or something. And I feel like in the past, I would think like, like I would hear this and I would think like, oh my God, that sounds horrible to have like tons of meetings one day or to be recording a bunch of episodes in one day. But it's actually great because it's like you just take that energy into the next thing and it's just kind of like you're in sport mode, you know? <laughs> like I just am ready for these calls. I just had a great call. I had like two calls in a row, then doing this and I have a call right after this. And something about that just like, again, I'm in sports mode. Like I'm just going. So that's really great. This episode is going to be the long awaited episode that I keep talking about, about like how my career has basically shaped who I am as a woman today. And just some tidbits that I want to share about my experience, things I've been seeing, and really, like, I'm inspired by everything that I see. I literally feel like everything I see, I always have a thought about, and it's just, like, that would be a great episode, and I love that, like, part of myself because it just makes this type of type of stuff come so easily. Like, there's just no resistance. It's just, like, I constantly have new ideas and truly to have this platform to be able to just like talk these ideas out is so good for me because when I keep them all bottled up it's like I feel like sometimes I'm going to explode because it's like I can't have like I can't I just can't really recreate like this on like TikTok because it's like max three minutes and like you know what I mean so this is working for me so a little bit of a life update I literally recorded that episode like two days ago and I already have a life update and I think that's that's great. This That's, again, no resistance. It's making this very easy for me because I have so many updates all the time. Just made a TikTok about this. You can go check it out, but this is more detail here about signing with a new agency. So for those who don't know, as a model, you can be signed in different cities, but you can't be signed with multiple agencies in the same city. So like New York, you can't be signed with two different agencies. I don't actually know how that goes nowadays with like if you're like with a talent agency in terms of like social media work and then also a modeling agency. I'm not really sure because my agency actually, if I wanted, they do both, but they work with more like big influencers with like over 100,000 followers. But anyways, I am currently signed. I don't even know. I'll just name it off. I'm signed in New York, Philly, Germany, the UK, LA. So is that everything? Yeah, five. And I just had a call this morning with a new agency in Miami. And I'm not going to tell you guys who yet because the contract hasn't been signed, but I'll tell you when the contract is signed and everything's, you know, set in stone. And I'm sure it'll be like posted on Instagram or something, but I'm excited. Like I have been doing this for 11 years and a lot of times when you start out, the goal is kind of to be like exclusive in one city so that it just kind of creates like exclusivity, I guess. I mean, that's exactly the word I just said, but it's like you're more sort of desirable because it's like, oh, we can only get her in New York. And New York usually has like the best rates out of any, you know, city, at least in my experience. And basically what happens is when you're with an agency, it just creates more work for the agents if you're signed in multiple cities because they all have to be communicating with each other, especially when there's like time zone changes and stuff like that. Sometimes it can just be kind of annoying for them to, you know, deal with that. And it's like really not a big deal, but it's like, of course, it's just you have a lot of models that you're working with and you have to talk to a bunch of agents. It's just a little harder for the agents. 
But for me, it's great because I always have someone kind of just like pushing me for something. And I've really been enjoying that because I've been getting work from all of my different agents in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like everything is finally falling into place after the pandemic. Like I'm so grateful. So yeah, I like maybe like three years ago, I actually had been reached out to by a pretty big agency in Miami and I was interested. But then my New York agency was like, I don't think you should do this. So then I didn't do it. So everything happens as it should, like this new great agency wants to sign me and they are signing me and we were talking about like, you know, Miami Swim Week and stuff, which is just really exciting and I I love that kind of stuff because it's like, for me, it's like that's for fun really and you still get paid, you get to go to a warm place, I get to meet new people and also I'm a content creator now so it's like I that's just basically free content for me, you know, it's like go to this event and then film behind the scenes stuff about it. So I'm really excited and the meeting was really good and then I have a call with my agency like right after this podcast is recorded so things are moving very very fast and I'm trying to stay like as grounded as possible because in the past when I had been working a ton and like traveling a bunch I was super super burnt out and just like wasn't really handling all that excess excuse me that excess energy in my body so I really like since I got back from London, like, I haven't really been working out because I just, like, haven't really had time. Like, I know you make your own time, but it's, like, I'd rather rest than, like, overexert myself right now because, like, I did get sick and then I've been traveling again and stuff like that. So, I'm, like, I'm going to try and go to yoga class tonight and I just want to really keep, like, that up and, like, stay really grounded and calm and, yeah. And, like, right now I'm doing a little wellness thing that I found of, like, having these Acumats you can get them from Within, and oh, I love Within. It's a New York-based company. It's amazing. And I actually think I just saw that, like, their some of their products are in Nordstrom, I believe, which is super cool to see. Like, it's so cool to see how far wellness has come in the last 10 years. Because when I remember when I was living in L.A., like, that was happening way more there, like, 10 years ago. And now it's finally kind of, like, gone across to the East Coast, which I love. And just, like, in general, that's so more, so much more common to be talking about wellness. So I love that. Um, but yeah, I'm using this Acumat on my feet. Like I have a nice standing desk, but I'm sitting right now and I have this Acumat and it's so great because I have such horrible feet problems, which I really wish I didn't. And I try constantly to like one, change that narrative and just like do everything I can to help it. But I was talking to another model recently and she was like, oh yeah, you have model feet. And I was like, I've never heard that be said before in the 11 years I've done this, but this is, that's so funny because like, my feet are bigger, and I've had to, like, cram my feet into shoes for the last 11 years, so, like, my feet are just sensitive, and I feel like when you have bigger feet, like, that was a target of bullying growing up, so I would always kind of try and, like, be in a size smaller to, like, make my feet look smaller, which I hate that, and that goes perfectly into this podcast episode, because I think, like, as I've gotten older, and just the stuff that I've been consuming lately is just, like, I'm angry as a woman, <laughs> like, Just the things that we have to go through and, like, these expectations of, like, you have to be so tiny, but, like, it's cool that you're tall, it's nice you have big boobs, but you're slutty, and, like, all these things. It's just, like, oh, my God, it's exhausting. Like, I'm just so over, like, muting myself for other people, and I think, like I said before, it's, like, it's helped me so much to, like, open up my throat chakra, which actually, like, edit in one of my episodes, I said the wrong color for the throat chakra, and my mom messaged me. She was like, by the way, these are the colors for the throat chakra, so I'm blanking what it was now. I think it's blue instead of green, but don't quote me. But yeah, like, I just feel like my throat chakra is opening up more, like, because I'm talking. Like, I'm not just sitting in my thoughts, and like, 
I have really open conversations with everyone in my life, but it's a little different when you're just, like, talking to a microphone and then, like, talking to a TikTok. I mean, like, the screen of your phone for a TikTok or a reel or something. It just, it helps you get better at, like, speaking and finding your voice. It's just, like, public speaking, but just, like, obviously not in front of a bunch of people, like, when it's happening. And I've just been really liking that and, like, finding my voice and not just, like, like I said, like, muting or, like, doling myself out like a great example is like in my life and again like there's kind of like it depends in what I'm saying but let me just say it I have found that I will like dull my successes or my excitement about a success around somebody who is maybe insecure about their success or is maybe quote like not as successful as me whatever that means um and I'm so overdoing that like because really that's kind of a disservice because it's like if I'm not getting excited about something then that's not good for me to like hold that in and then like what's the point of life like not celebrating your your wins and stuff like that and then also you're kind of just like you're an expander for someone if you're getting excited about things and it shows them the idea of like more for you is more for me you know so that's really important for me and just like I've really been trying to not like not celebrate my wins and a thing that I was like really really intentional about a couple months ago was like celebrating really small wins no matter what they were and that's just like really changed my life like whether it's just like maybe buying myself a coffee that day or like maybe I'm just gonna like sleep in a little bit more go to yoga today or whatever like little tiny rewards that like are conditioning me to like because it's seriously it's like what is the point of life if we're not celebrating our wins like why am I working my ass off to just like not celebrate it's just I I don't know like at at this point in my life I'm like why would I why would I not do that so the real point of this episode is really to talk about like my career and from being a model for so long how it's changed my perspective about myself and like how I show up as myself now and then I'm going to be talking about like some people in the public eye who have said things that like really spoke to me and just like they put it into words really well and like I really love that we have access to like documentaries and books that people write because it's like you get to see this other side of them and it really humanizes their experience because I think like we all obviously know that everyone like celebrities are just people but we almost like you lose this human aspect of them and we just make them look like this like god or goddess and it's just like it dehumanizes the situation so when you can see a documentary that's like so curated but obviously like way more vulnerable in like books and stuff it just I don't know I love it like for example some that I've really enjoyed watching are like Lady Gaga's or um Taylor Swift's or the like I'm going to talk about like Hannah Brown who was on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. She has, it's like, it's basically a biography and yeah, like it totally is. And I'm reading it right now and it's really, really good. And it's bringing up like all these emotions about things and it's just such an easy read. And I think like any woman can relate to like a lot of things that she's saying. So basically the first thing I wanted to dive into is my experience with like my sexuality because of being a model. So when I started modeling, I was 16 years old. I think like any woman, again, this is just like, I always want to preface, like this is just my experience. So I'm going to be talking at, like from the female perspective, but this does not just apply to females, obviously. But like as a female, you have so much pressure on you already to like, because of advertisements from the television you watch, like all of that stuff, 
really seeps in and it creates these really common societal norms, which are completely unattainable usually. So as a teenager growing up as a female, you already have like so much pressure on yourself to like look put together. And it's the idea of like, if you're not wearing makeup, you're like sloppy or lazy or you look dirty or tired or whatever. But if you wear makeup, you're like more proper and that's more professional looking and whatever it is. And, you know, like all the things that women have to do, like getting waxed or shaved or making sure like your skin is perfect and all these things. It's just like, it's so unrealistic. And then it's like men on the other hand are like, they can have hair on their body. Like they don't wear makeup. They don't cover up their acne. Like they can just not shave. Like all these different things, they can just kind of, for to an extent, like they can just kind of wear whatever they want and get away with it. But like as women, like in Hannah Brown's book, she was talking about the concept in school when you're growing up, when you're like, forget how old she was, but like you're in like seventh grade or something. Sometimes, I mean, like whenever you hit puberty, I guess that's kind of like later. So you could like have boobs or something or like a bigger butt. And, but when you're like, say you're like in first grade or something and you can't wear like a tank top to school or you can't wear shorts that are like, like above, you know, your, when you put your arm to the side and your fingertips, it's like, why are we over-sexualizing like little children? Like you have no boobs, you have no butt, like who cares? You know, it's just like, I remember cause I've always been taller and I probably started having boobs when I was like maybe in seventh or eighth grade and they've just gotten bigger ever since. And it's like, I remember being told like, you have to change your shirt or you need to wear a jacket because like your your tank top is like too thin or whatever. And it's like, that's distracting for other people and like that's inappropriate. And it's like, what do you mean? Like females have boobs. Like why are we over-sexualizing literally everything? And it's like, men have no like, there's, it's like, oh, they can't wear a hat. It's just like, it's so different. And I just, I, I, that always pissed me off because I was just like, I don't understand this. Like, why are we over-sexualizing this? And I think like from what I've studied and also from like my travels, it's like in Europe and things like things are so normal. It's so normal to talk about sex. Like things are just not as sexualized. And I think, you know, the root of all evil, in my opinion, a little bit is advertising and like movies and stuff because so much advertisement over-sexualizes men and, and women, really both. Like it does not matter. It's just so over-sexualized in the United States. And I just like, when I read that in Hannah's book, I was like, oh my God, like I'm being brought right back to this. Like I can picture myself in the cafeteria at school wearing like this totally fine shirt that maybe there was like a keyhole in the back or something and that was like inappropriate. It's like, oh my God, my back skin is showing. Like it's just so funny to me. So anyways, like that was already in play. And then I start modeling, which models just like because of how they've been portrayed in the media, they already have this connotation of they're over-sexualized. And I'm also watching that show Pam and Tommy on Hulu with like Lily James and about like Pamela Anderson and the whole situation. And that also was just like triggering me and like making me angry because I was like, it's so different for men and women in our society. Like, and it, like the, the conversation of she's like, you will never understand what I'm going through because like you've never been through this. Like I've been through this a million times. Like because I've chosen to like put my career out there in a bikini, I'm not taken seriously. And it's just like, it's so silly because like sex is so normal and desired. It's like, 
we all are doing that. So, like, why are we over-sexualizing and putting this standard on women when, like, it's happening. Everybody's doing it. It just, it's, it's like, wild to me, the whole concept. So, like, I kind of was, I was really relating to the whole thing with, like, Pam when the, Pamela Anderson, like, when the, you know, the sex tape, sex tape came out and, like, all this stuff was coming out with Penthouse and everything. And it made me think a lot about my own experience where, like, I was a lot thinner when I started modeling. I didn't really have boobs. So like, but still there was this connotation of kind of like, oh, she's doing something like kind of risky, like risque. And I would be in bikinis and stuff. And like, it was just kind of already over-sexualized. So, and I started when I was 16. So that's like a really pivotal age in like a young woman's life. And that almost like made me have such a disconnect to my own sexuality and in the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter documentary with Emma Watson, she talks about this and how because she was already seen as like oversexual, she basically had like almost no sexuality because she didn't want to be seen as like quote slutty or whatever. And I was like, I have never resonated to something more. And again, I think some women feel like that in general. And then you're put into this situation where like you have more eyes on you and like more scrutiny and things. And I have, even to this day, like, and again, like, I'm I'm really actively working on this, like, when I, I have trouble on set sometimes if they want me to be more sexual because I'm like, oh, God, like, but I don't want to be sexy. Like, I don't want to be seen like that. So, like, I almost, like, I block myself to even, like, do that. And I will see other models be, like, so comfortable with their sexuality and, like, posing and, like, really, like, you know, they're being super flirtatious because, like, that's what you have to do to, like, embody that. And that's been really hard for me. And that's only been, like, something that I've gotten better at and, like, quote, better at. Like, I'm still not the best at in the last, like, year or so. And I'm not even lying to you guys. Like, it has helped me because of TikTok and talking. Because I'm just, like, I've gotten to a point where I'm almost, like, who cares? Like, why am I so afraid of people, like, seeing all of me? And, like, of course I know because I've been, like, censored heavily in my life with, like, not showing up certain ways, like, because of my job and, like, things like that. And, you know, I have had, like, traumas with relationships and things where I don't want to be seen as, like, a slutty person. Even though I hate that word so much and it's just, like, no, that's not happening. Like, I just think that word just should never be used again because it's just, like men are doing that and they get praised but women do it and they're sluts like I just I can't stand that but I just thought this was like a powerful topic because I think a lot of people can relate to some extent and I just want to say like I'm overdoing that I'm over dulling myself out like we're all innately sexual beings and like I don't know and going back to the last episode of like why do we act like this is like so insane to do when everyone does it That's how we are literally brought into this world because of the act of sex. So why do we act like it's this like huge sin to be talking about? And going back to like Hannah Brown's book, like I honestly, I I think every woman should read this book. I think it's just like everything that happened to her and, you know, the whole entire like bachelorette with like Peter in the lighthouse and all of this stuff. She was like shunned by the Christian community and like I am not Christian And I just, like, I loved hearing her story. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. I think it's really good. It's just, it's a really relatable book. And she talks about, like, 
her experience with boyfriends and how like they were like sleeping around but then when they found out she was sleeping around because they were like not exclusive they were like well I don't want to be with you because you've had sex with other people and it's like what (laughs) like you're doing the same exact thing so yeah I just think oh my gosh my lap my computer shut on me again I don't understand like my iMac what are you doing and it's still recording so weird but yeah I just think like Again, all I can talk about is my experience and although so, so grateful, I would never like fully complain. Like, I think there's a side of being like, again, the toxic positivity of like, oh, well, other people have it worse, so I can't have problems. Like, I do not like that sort of mindset, but I also totally, totally understand like how privileged and I'm so grateful for my experience. And like, obviously I'm in a career that is so competitive and like most people do not make it. And I've been super lucky to be able to do this for the last 11 years, but that comes with like side effects you know and I think any career does it's just that I think because it's so based around beauty and I'm a woman it's a heavily women dominated industry it's not taken as seriously but it's like you look at another career like one that maybe is more what's the word I'm looking for like quote respected I guess like a doctor or a lawyer accountant like heavily male dominated industries which take a lot of schooling etc are taken more seriously and I just I don't understand that and I I think again it goes back to like why are we just always hating on other people like obviously that's so generalized not everyone does that but it's just like why do we have to like have this hierarchy of like well this career is more respectful and like this is a harder career it's just like why are we, why don't we just all like do our own things? Like we're all just trying to make money and like, like what we do most of the time, you know? So anyways, that's a tangent, but I forget exactly what I was going to say, but I had this other idea of, you know, going back to the whole Revolve Festival situation. And it's like, I saw this one creator that I follow and she posted about like this one TikTok where it was like making fun of how, yay, like I'm getting in a $200 Uber just to get to Coachella. And people were like, oh, LOL, like, the only thing you paid for for the weekend, all of this stuff, and, like, just so much hate, and it was making me think about how still, as the masses, we do not take, like, the world of content creation and influencing seriously, even though it's, like, I I think it's, like, an $80 billion industry, and it's growing every year, and it's, like, because it is such a feminine, like, female-dominated industry, it's not taken seriously, even though it is literally advertising. Like, it is just a new form of advertising. And it's kind of funny because traditional ways of advertising are heavily male-dominated. Like, if you've watched Mad Men, great show. And it was making me think about my experience as a model. And honestly, like, I want to make this a series on TikTok and on here. And I know I've been recording, like, way longer episodes and I want to keep them shorter. I've just been on my shit. But... It was making me think like, okay, so for example, I'll give a couple examples. Like I'm going to Germany, I'm going to the UK. Obviously that sounds super glamorous, but this is my job and I'm going there and spending a lot of money to be there, not getting paid to go there. So if I have to pay for like extra things, obviously if I'm not bringing money in, like I'm losing money. And that's, like, maybe not the best example in comparison to this, like, Uber situation, but let me give another one. So, like, for, this is a better example. I went to LA the other day, and I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid to go to LA. They're paying for my flight. 
They're paying for my room, but they're not paying for my food. They're not paying for my Ubers and I'm working and I'm going back home. But it's an expense for me to have to pay for my Ubers if something goes wrong. Like when I was in Germany and there was all of these freaking storms and I got stuck in Germany and I had to like go on this, on this, uh, I guess it was like the train, whatever. And then I had to get Ubers and I had to get food. And it was like an unexpected delay that I had. I was stuck in Germany for like three days that like I wasn't in Hamburg. I was in like Dusseldorf and then I was in um, Berlin. I was in Frankfurt. Like it was crazy. And I had to spend all of this money on hotels and stuff. And it's like the same exact argument of like, oh, well, that's the only thing you had to pay for. But it's like, that's my job though. So like if I have all these extra expenses, that's taking away from my rate or what I'm making from the job. And it's like, we would never say to a lawyer of like, they get comped to go to other states to represent people. And of course, like their flight's gonna be paid for, their hotel's gonna be paid for, maybe their food's gonna be paid for. If they have to pay for like one thing themselves, it's the legitimate same argument to say like, oh, well, it's the only thing you pay for, but it's like, okay, but this is my job. So if this creator is getting paid to go to Coachella, all of these things, and then she has to pay for a $200 Uber that's taking off her rate from the job. You know, I just think it's, it's literally no different. And I think when you really break it down to be like that granular, it's like, okay, it's literally the same thing. So anyways, that was, that was a tangent. And I really feel like there was so much more I wanted to talk about and like how this has just like affected my confidence in life. And honestly, it's like affected relationships and just like how I show up and my confidence and all these things. And I'm finally starting to just be like, fuck it. And I was listening to some podcast episode. I forget who it was. And it was talking about like, what was your just like, fuck it moment in life. And I loved that. And I have a lot, honestly, I do have a lot. Like, it's just like moments where I went through something and I was just like, I literally don't care anymore. And I'm just going to tell you the times. Probably one of the times is when I was in LA about seven years ago and I had a really horrible eating disorder and I was like so depressed, super anxious, secluding myself from everyone. And I was just like, I am so fucking sick of my agency asking me to lose weight all the time. Like I'm done. I'm absolutely done with this industry. I told them I'm like, I immediately was like, I'm done. I'm taking a break. Like, stop pushing me for things. I need to figure my shit out. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, I'm going back to Pennsylvania. I'm getting rid of my apartment. Like, I'm done with you. Like, I'm dropping you. And I was like, I'm going to school and just fuck this industry. And like, the thing about all of that is no shame on the industry. It was, I mean, sorry, on the agency. It was just a product of the industry. I was having my own shit going on. I needed that break in time in college to just kind of like heal and be a normal freaking person and actually act my age and not act like I'm so much older and growing and growing up so fast. And I don't regret anything. I mean, I would not be where I am today without that entire experience, but just like it was what it was. And then like probably another one, and a lot of these have to do with modeling, but like that is the point of this episode was like, what was I going to say? It's basically just times when, like, people are trying to control me 
And then I get like, yeah, okay, this is what I'm going to say. Before the pandemic, like I was so burnt out and I was working all these jobs and like it was amazing and I was making like the most money I've ever made in my life and doing all these crazy things, but I was freaking miserable. Like I was so jet lagged all the time. I was so tired. I wasn't wanting to hang out with anyone. I was so anxious. My skin was the worst it had ever been. And I was just like, fuck it. Like I'm going to post for real on my stories about my acne, like I had said before and all these things. And I was like, I'm not going to let people control me. Like I only want to do what I want to do. And then basically the pandemic happened. And then again, it was like, fuck it. I'm starting a business. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing content creation. I don't care what happens. I'm going to show up how I want to an extent, obviously. And now we're here. And the same with the podcast. I'm like, fuck it. Like, why am I taking this so seriously? It was like, just in the last episode, it's like, why am I acting like the house is on fire? Like, fuck it. I'm doing whatever I want and we're going to see what happens. And I think like also going into the idea of like surrendering and not having such an attachment to the outcome almost always makes it happen better. The success always comes naturally. I feel like more when you don't have an like attachment to the outcome, which again is easier said than done because like again if the house is sort of on fire and like you need the money you're like i need to have i need this to happen i need to book this job i need to have these clients but again everything kind of with a grain of salt so that's where i'll end the last thing i wanted to say is i had the idea of doing like this three good things concept in my podcast episodes and i forgot to say this last time but like the idea of me saying three good things every single episode and like for yourself every single day saying this for yourself whether it's like I'm grateful for my mindset I'm grateful for this like whatever just things that happened in the day and this is like really about the day like not like the overall and then it's just like just three gratitude things a day so this is your five minute journal here on my podcast guys we're attracting abundance of course the name of the podcast So let's see my three good things. And I want you to think about it with me right now and write them down. Okay. Or put them in my, put them in your notes or something. Like writing is so good, but putting them in your notes, like you can make a little folder. It's super organized, super Virgo. I love it. So the three good things. One is that I woke up pretty early today. That was good for me, especially since I literally slept all day yesterday because my red eye and it threw my body off so bad. Second is that I actually made a pretty good iced latte today. I need to get new coffee. Like I I need to get like reusable pods and putting in like other coffee. And I want to try Emma Chamberlain's coffee and then we'll see how it is. Also, the milk is just, the milk makes it. I got this oat milk from Trader Joe's and I had had it before. I thought it was really good, but it's just not the same as Oatly. But I know that Oatly has a lot of oils in it. So I'm like, oops. So anyways, and then three is that I'm signing with this new agency that's really exciting and the meeting went so so well and then just one last four for you is that I'm really grateful for this podcast I'm really grateful that the audience is growing every single day and I'm glad like I'm just sticking with it even though it's not perfect and the key to really like growing a platform and a yeah a, an audience I don't know what I'm trying to say is to act like you already have it and that's what I'm really really trying to do and I'm trying not to hold back and be timid about what I'm doing because I'm acting as if I already have it. And one that helps with manifestation. And then it also just helps me like show up more confidently. And 
I don't want to hold back anymore. Like I, 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 it's a disservice for me to be holding back because if I can help even one person from any minute in this episode, any episode that I do, that is the goal because I'm so sick of just living for clout, living for these beautiful pictures and not really helping people. Like I just feel like there's, I can help so many more people by having whatever, 30 minute podcast or something where you can just listen while you're walking or driving or whatever it is. And that feels so much more powerful to me. So thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you guys so much as I'm growing listening to this podcast. If you feel called to, please rate and review the podcast. I would love that so, so much. And follow us on Instagram at Attracting Abundance Podcast. My name is Jennifer Larkin. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Get up, get down. Get up, get down.